0: Hello and welcome to Real Indigenous,
1: where these Indigenous people get real about what's on our screens and everything in between, bringing their thoughts, feelings, and critical minds. Are hi, I'm
2: Jason Astap, writer, filmmaker, Comanche-Muskogee. Happy to be here.
1: Candace, I'm a Cherokee and Quapaw and Osage Nation citizen. Aya aniqua, aya aya tsalak And I'm Telly.
0: I'm just a Chet the kid. I ain't no movie man. I just seen a bunch of movies. In this episode, we're going to be talking about reservation dogs, and we're going to kind of go through all episodes for this and the next few episodes. So this will be like our first season of talking about reservation dogs. So let's go ahead and get this episode started.
2: Each one of us has a topic here um, about the first episode that we want to talk about. Candace, why don't you start us off?
1: So I... One of the things that first keyed me in that I knew that this show was gonna be something for people like us, people like like me, was the radio show comes on, you hear the radio static and you hear the announcer uh, using colloquial, slang that we, everyday words that we use in Indian country, you know, and I knew exactly where I was. I knew I was in Oklahoma. I knew I was in Muskogee Creek Nation. When uh, the radio announcer says, Mado, you know, and he's using all these Creek words, I knew exactly where I was. And uh, I've never been to Holdenville, uh, where Sterling grew up. But, you know, I'm familiar kind of with what those areas look like, you know, places like Omolki and uh, places that are in around the Tulsa area. So uh, I knew exactly where I was and I felt like I was at home. And I loved I loved that this show was taking place at home. That's one of the first images that I came away with. And I wrote down a few things, uh, things that stuck out to me about some of our first images, you know, our introduction to the characters, to, to Bear, to Cheese, to Alora Dannon, to uh, Willie Jack. And our introduction to them is, of course, they are stealing a truck. They are stealing a truck and uh, they're using sign language or using coded language to go steal this truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, where the audience is introduced to our main characters, kind of whenever they're with the what would you call him the junk the junk dealer man he's like
2: like a drug dealer too right although i don't know if we know that yet
0: they they you don't know it in the first episode
1: they imply but we're not sure in the first episode (laughs) but i you know we a lot of people now it was it was before my time to, to that that a lot of i know a lot of native natives before me grew up with Billy Jack. Everybody loved Billy Jack, and so we know Willie Jack is obviously a play on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, I love the nickname of Bear because that's a kind of a common nickname, even in Cherokee circles. You know, people are called Yon or Yona, which is Bear. You know, like I, my uncle had a had a dog. It wasn't like his dog. It was just dog that came around, kind of like a res dog, and he called it Bear. You know, so. <laughs> we have bear and we have um uh, of course i'm in love with the name of lord dannon because <laughs> i grew up as a fantasy I have a I i was i was i was very much into fantasy when i was a child so i tapped into a lord dannon so you yeah.
2: so you actually like that actually you connected to that one that that I, kind of storyline i did that, that's willow right that
1: what- willow yeah. yeah it's a it's a it's a, it's a reference to willow you've never seen
0: willow i've never seen willow gotta watch willow man it's i mean it's closer was... to hidden fortress than star wars is to me it's a recurrent, yeah because the name of the junkyard is burgle cut which is a character in w- willow oh i
2: didn't
0: even know that yeah what? oh and i don't know what the i mean I, I like you know i'm doing it piece by piece i don't even know what the what the what's going to happen winder reference that was my big question was why are they referencing Willow? What, what's that what's that mean? What's that signify?
1: I'm wondering if it might be some kind of callback to uh Val Kilmer and his stint uh you know in uh Thunderheart. To me, that
2: that's has that has I don't know if it's true, but it seems to have Megazy all over it, you know, one of the writers. And then yeah. like uh Megazy
0: I guess this is his last yeah. name. Oh I'm probably butchering Pensino. I, I think
1: it, I think it's Pensino.
0: And he kind of looks like Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, we remember when the, we did Sydney short film. We were calling him Thunderheart because he remember we had him playing an FBI agent.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting like connection.
1: And of course, Cheese. He's so sweet. I love that. We're his, our introduction to him is, "Hi, I'm, I'm Cheese." You know, my pronouns are he, him, and his. <laughs> and this dude, who's you know, we think he's probably a bit of a you know a dick or something. He's just like, "I'm a Native American," you know, and it's just like
2: that's. That's it. Yeah, that exchanged me. I'm really fascinated what you guys think about too. Cause to me, it kind of like almost fell flat and almost took me out of everything. It almost was a little clunky. I was just like, okay, what's what's going on here? Is like, is this kind of like the tone that we're gonna be going with? Or like where where, where are they going with this? yeah,
1: uh,
0: yeah, to me it was a kind of a mix of that style that uh Sterling Harjo and Taiko Waititi, the creators of the show, do mm-hmm. is this what I call like mundane humor, where it's kind of like blank face kind of jokes. But the guy saying I'm, I'm a Native American just kind of, to me, it felt like so that's a trope, right? Well, not a trope, but a, a common joke within tribal Indian communities. What I always saw it as is like this first episode to me was like just taking a, just shitting out everything that we want to say when we have a, a movie or a TV show. Right, like right, it's it's right. throwing on all the themes like that trope because you know i've used it in my movies you know i think everybody has used it at some point point in their stories in, in some way and mm-hmm. so that's why i felt like it was kind of like i just need to get rid of the stuff that i always wanted to put in a movie and mm-hmm. then let's move forward and so that's kind of okay. what i felt like it was to me what do you think candace
1: I think that that's something I thought it was one of those uh, like observational humor, you know, I thought it was one of those, it's one of those commonplace interactions. And like you said, like, that is just something that we experience Mm on a day-to-day, usually on like a day-to-day interaction with just random people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that still happens now. Like, you know, it's been happening for who knows, probably since 1492 (laughs) and it's still going on. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I think you're onto something totally when you say that it's like kind of one of those lines or one of those you know when you want to put everything into like 30 27 minutes in this case and then maybe you could have possibly left those I mean this is really nitpicky but you know you could have possibly left those two what did how did that move the story forward I guess when because cheese does go on to continue to ask or kind of introduce that concept of pronouns so I see where it does carry over to further episodes yeah it just kind of felt clunky to me it, it, uh, the whole thing where he's like i'm a native american it's just like it just felt weird i guess i see what he was trying to i guess get at like here's a native or here's someone like almost everyone in oklahoma could say that i guess like yeah and they always say native american they don't say like what tribe because they don't really know what tribe or it's like or i'm part indian and i'm not offended it's like, oh, you're just part. You're not like actually. That's like a like a part time job. It's not like you're actually like. <laughs> Indian, like <all> the time. <laughs> I'm Indian on the weekends. Anyways, yeah.
1: Yeah, my friend Gene. He's not native, but uh he he's the he's the genealogist. He, and uh he he always people always come to him, you know, for research. My Cherokee great great grandmother, my my Cherokee princess great great grandmother, mm-hmm. and Gene, and they'll say I'm part I'm part Cherokee, or I'm part Indian, I'm part this, I'm part that, and he'll always say, oh yeah, what part? Which part? Is it your arm? Is it your finger? <laughs> like what? Which part are you? Which part is Indian? <laughs> just your elbow, my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> just your cheekbones. Let's talk for a little bit about that though. About that joke is I do believe it is a joke, and it is jarring. But I wonder if maybe it had more of a significance for perhaps the not native audience. Mm. you know well like right like maybe the of course they probably a lot of people maybe came in with this not knowing that that's just an everyday occurrence Mm -hmm. that we just get all the time and maybe it was important maybe it was important to Sterling to introduce that Mm -hmm. into this world because you know we have natives we have non-natives on the set and you know them navigating them navigating these the the walking in two worlds trope.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I think that's like uh, one of the things that we do make fun, we, like we as natives sometimes sit around because everyone has heard that as a native, like, you know, in variations of it, and it's, it, it, it has become kind of a joke, and maybe, and that was the other thing about this, the show for me, this first episode at least, was that I felt like this is very common with a native community. Which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because now the whole world's watching. The whole world is learning indigenous storytelling in a way through through this form of media. But like for me as an Indian, I said, "Oh, okay, you know they're doing things that we've always been doing. They're talking about." So it felt like this is Indian one hundred and one right now. And as a as the show progresses, we're going to say, "Oh, okay," but you know, we're going deeper, deeper into a, a, a you know an actual story that isn't just you know like let me just throw everything out so I can just make sure I get this out of the way, and, and then we can clean we can go out and start coming out fighting, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of totally agree with that kind of idea that like in this first episode, I'm not sure if it was this whole thing was shot chronologically, but it definitely feels like. There was some things that were like a little rusty, and just like let's get this out of the way. Let's like try this; it might be a little clunky. But finding finding their uh, wheels, I guess if that's the phrase I'm looking for. Like it definitely, I feel like the I would even say the next episode really is uh, super tight. But mm-hmm. uh, and I liked the first episode too, other than a couple of things were just kind of threw me askew. But um, it did definitely feel like they were still finding their way in this first episode, and things like, for me, the 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 net, like I'm Native American, that that line, and, um, yeah, it kind of was a little clunky. But of course, I'm like, I'm totally in. Like, I love what's happening already into the show. Before we move to another to the next kind of topic, do you have anything more you want to say,
1: Candace? Just two more things. Sure. Yeah. The f- the fact with the radio announcement, like. I was instantly subconsciously tapped into smoke signals. Yeah. Mm, yeah. A call back to smoke signals. Definitely. And uh, the second thing that I'm going to be gushing over probably throughout this entire exploration of a podcast is the first shot we get of the tribal cop of the light horse. Mm. He is wearing Southeastern Mississippian iconography, which is mm. the iconography of our ancestors. <laughs> And prob- maybe our relatives, maybe our enemies, the mound builders. So
2: what is he wearing? I don't know. He is it.
1: wearing a, an emblem on his shoulder and it is known as a few different many names. Um, it's a common motif and it's coming back. It's being revived. It's uh, a very, very old symbol symbol. And uh, it's, I've heard it called the eternal knot. I've heard it called the four logs or a reference to the eternal fire. And that's what I think of it as because my, I I took shell carving. I have a, I had a shell carving teacher, Nagofti Scott, he was Creek and Cherokee and his life's mission was to revive uh, shell work and reviving Southeastern Mississippian iconography. And so Mm -hmm. that imagery comes from Spyro it's. Um, we think it may be found. I, I. I'm not. I'm not personally sure yet, but it may have come from Cahokia. But we know for sure it was shared throughout the southeastern ceremonial complex. And so I just gushed, and I just. I'm gonna geek out over it for the rest of this podcast probably because <laughs> I was like. <laughs> it's on television oh my gosh this symbol and it's super hard for me to draw too because it's perfectly symmetrical and I can't draw very well and so I always struggle whenever I'm working like on shell carving and shell jewelry to create the perfect eternal fire design
2: would you say that that like kind of really set the tone for you once you saw that you're like this feels particularly like authentic to you or
1: yes yes it did because I thought, oh my gosh, we've got everything. Everything is speaking to me. Everything is shouting uh, Native Oklahoma. And everything was just, you know, just drawing me in all the imagery. And it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to take up all the time on the podcast. Because <laughs> I know we have other topics to get onto, But that, um, I, I, I geeked out. Probably the second time, as much as I saw it the first time, probably rewatch it again. I'll probably geek out another time. Just I love that it's in. I love the way it's being used. You know that everybody knows this cop, and so everybody sees this this symbol and this and this figure. And yeah, I, and and people connect to it. The people connect to it. We recognize each other through the wearing. And you know, in the same way that a lot of natives wear turquoise. You know, and that's sometimes how we identify each other. Sometimes around here in the Southeast and Oklahoma, uh, I recognize revivalists and other Southeastern artists, you know, whether they're identifiable, non-identifiable, you know, through, you know, like their revival of this of these icons, of these symbols. And it's <laughs> it's awesome.
2: Did you notice that totally? Did you
0: notice No, that? I did not catch that. So that was cool to know. And um, you know, I'm I w I'm not familiar, you know, with creek symbolism well, to- or what yeah.
1: Choctaws and, use it too. Choctaws, Chickasaws. Uh, okay. So oh, I'll, I'll have, the have to watch
0: it. I'll have to watch it again because I totally missed it. You know. The topic
2: that I want to talk about, like the the representation, I guess the self-representation of this <laughs> show, of the as it pertains to the first episode, because like when I'm watching, when I'm watching the show, and then I'm seeing like, you know, Indian people, contemporary Indian people, like young kids, all, all ages and stuff. And it's just but uh, knowing that it's written by Native people directed, produced across the board. No, no nothing against.
0: Rather yeah, Falls, yeah, yeah.
2: Nothing against that show at all. But we're not talking about that show. We're talking about this show, and uh, in particular, this show has across the board Indians from top to bottom, and even in the crew. And just like it's, it's a very, it's a very Sterling Harjo production because it's got like you know a lot of the same people on his films mm-hmm. and probably a lot of the same crew, Oklahoma folks, a lot of people that we all know. Uh, yeah, shot in Indian territory. What I actually wanted to bring up is like, you know, because the, the McGirt decision, I see it on Twitter all the time. It's still being talked about. Um, was reservation, this show, Reservation Dogs, was, there, was Oklahoma even a reservation?
0: I think either it would have been in production when that happened uh, or it was before that happened. I remember when the auditions came to Tulsa. Yeah. It, it was happening. not a decision yet.
2: Okay, I feel I feel like the show has really good timing because Oklahoma probably wasn't a reservation then, like officially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The show sure. didn't exist. Just the fact that um, by the time the show gets made, then there actually is, like a Muscogee. Yeah, brilliant. And I kind of like go back to like even maybe to the you know Deb Holland when she becomes the uh, uh, secretary
1: secretary of the Interior.
2: Interior, and like there's this natural progression of. like, really awesome self-representation of i say self-representation but really it's just the representation of us it starts maybe even go, starts there and then you know you hear about rutherford falls and then, then that happens a little bit before uh, reservation dogs and there's other things i can't think of right now but it's just like this nice yeah it's like finally like this past year like really, things really start uh, happening like things are in motion so to me that's yeah. fascinating
0: Yeah, it had to take a plague before Indians start being able to rise, you know.
2: I mean, it's slow moving, you know, and it just gets faster and faster. What do you guys think about this, this concept of, uh, well, I have like, well, uh, not to be so pretentious, but I am going to quote a section of this piece I wrote for Esquire. And I wanted to like, for far too long, indigeneity and media representation, that's to say, Actual representation that isn't through the lens of a white man, at least in this country, has been missing. So this show, in particular, you know, changes that. Thoughts. Yes,
1: I was going to say yes, absolutely yes, because, you know, we've had, you know, like just before this, this little explosion, we'll say, of this Indigenous representation with lots of Native creators at the helm, we were watching. Uh, people were watching Longmire. My dad was a friend of Longmire and uh, Yellowstone and Wind River. Those three stick out uh, to me right now. And you know, nothing against the people and the creatives. And you know, I have friends who worked on all those shows. You know our community peoples were working on those shows, but you could still feel that we were not in control. We weren't. We weren't telling our own narrative. You could still sense that this. We are still the quote unquote the the, the Indian through the other's eyes. You know Longmire, my. My dad, you know, I love my dad. He's a fan of Longmire. And it's because he's so hungry for representation mm-hmm. in media. And so is my brother. Like, he's a mm-hmm. fan of uh, Yellowstone, you know, and they were all hungry for representation. And that's why they watch these shows. But I can't stand Longmire. No offense to all the people who worked on it. But I just keep coming back to the narratives. And I know um, yeah. Zon McLaren, you know, he plays a great tribal cop in that, too. But I just i also i can't stand the non-native characters they just have this arrogance this assumptions they it's the same old same old you know oh it's the it's the cowboys versus the indians except this time you know now we're police officers now now
2: you know, we're I've, rival I've, police officers i've never seen the show can you tell me actually what the premise is
1: i can't even really tell you what the premise is all i can say is that one day i want to do a parody of it
2: and he's a cowboy I, basically it's a he's western point mean, that much he's right
1: western now. he's uh, a yeah. marshal he and he's dealing with you know crimes that happen outside of his jurisdiction and that's where Zon comes in and um and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips they're like his allies you know, who's not even he's, actually native who isn't native uh he is Filipino but there always you know, has to
2: be like that native flourish to, to yeah. for for any of these types of westerns for some
1: local color. I want to one day write a parody of like some scenes from Longmire, you know, except it's grizzle lady cop, you know, but it's grizzle lady cop marshal. It's a grizzle lady marshal <laughs> and how she, I would love to like write a parody kind of of Longmire, except I want her to be talking like Longmire does, you know, like she's drunk whiskey all day, you know, and, <laughs> you know, but it's perfectly acceptable for our non-native protagonist to not follow the letter of the law you know, and to kind of skirt around the rules every now and then. We know as a non, non-white non people that if we were to do such things, we would lose our jobs. Yeah. We would lose our jobs. We would get, yeah. you know, whatever done to us, you know, but but not all Longmire. I think that's his name. I'm not even sure if that's his name. Well,
2: the, the, <laughs> white, the white people can be vigilantes.
1: Yes. We don't.
2: We, but we, we can't.
0: Yeah, you know, we're the sidekick, or we're the ones who actually get murdered. Is basically yes. the the way it's yes. way it's written. Yes. And it's the grizzle guy who saves our, who finds our killer or saves. I mean, that's what happened with Wind River, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, Wind River. Oh, gosh.
2: There was, like a, there was on Twitter today. I saw like a Twitter feed. I always follow his stuff, but he had like a really good question. It was like favorite white savior movies. <laughs> So it's like, let's just call it out as like, these are white savior movies. but mm-hmm. which Because I do like what, uh, uh, Wind River for what it is, but sure. just watching it as like a movie goer. But yeah, of course my critical thinking skills are like, but there's some problems with this. This is a, you know, mm-hmm. you know white, white savior movies I think have, to me at least, I separate myself from I'm like, these are, yeah, this is a problematic movie. Even Avatar even. I'm like, yes, it's problematic for sure. But I kind of enjoy just as a as a movie experience, even though I'm not necessarily supposed to. But I can separate those two things. Like I don't know,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's still happening. I mean, like Dune, I watched over the weekend. Oh, I didn't get to see that yet. It's it's a book from the 1960s, but still, I saw the old David Lynch movie when I was a little kid, and but I did not know that it was the. Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Dance with Wolves, Avatar, white savior comes to a, this place and becomes the better fill in the blank in and, and this one, you know, these, these, these desert people because, you know, they're indigenous to the planet protecting the, the spice and all these colonialists are coming in to take it all. And it's, it's the, the white, the, 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 the actual prince of one of these planets who's going to come in and save everyone. So yeah. it's it's interesting. I mean, it's it's done over and over again because, again, I my my perception is because it's it's white folks who are making these stories and they don't know Indians. They just know the mythology of us. They know from the westerns or from these stories they hear in in these in these concepts. And that's what, going back to our show, you know, uh, uh, the the spirit Indian. Uh, what was the name? Uh, William William Knife Man. Man. William William (gasps) Knife Man. Love him so much. (laughs) That's why I love that scene so much because that's, I had, I don't recall ever seeing, but we always see it when the white people write those stories, write those characters. And
1: And so that's,
0: so that alone for this episode was like, I give it a full thumbs up, you know. That's really
2: hard to do. It's really hard to pull off that tone of what they did.
0: Yeah.
1: It is, can I add one thing to that is That totally. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what you just said about William Knife Man and getting that humor in—I hope that that—I hope that that—I hope William Knife Man hit for everybody because, in in contrast, like there was a scene from Longmire in which a dude, a native dude, he gets scalped and he's dying, and the sheriff comes and he's holding him in his arms, and the dude is talking. To- faux spirituality, faux Indian spirituality. And I just remember thinking that poor Native actor got dealt some really awkward dialogue and he worked with it the best that he did. But I I could feel like the Native actor even being like, feeling odd maybe as he said it too, because he was definitely affecting a Native Rez accent. You know, I I knew this was always going to be the way that I died, but the snake who killed me, you know? And then I'm like, and the snake is a metaphor for the dude who actually killed him, you know? And I just remember thinking, we don't talk like that.
2: <laughs>
1: we don't talk that way. We're not gonna talk that way when we're dying, when we just got freaking scalped, which of course is the only way I guess we can, even contemporary natives can die. Oh God. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm sorry, this is another thing about my long, Longmire, but that's why I love William Knife Man. I love mm-hmm. that his death is a total accident. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a total F up of his own. And
2: that's yeah. what else can talk. He steps, of course steps in the, what is it?
0: The gopher a go hole.
2: So what else about uh, Tully thoughts on self-representation?
0: I think, I mean, like for me, you know, that's one of the things why I, mean, I had an interest in film because that's the thing that me and Steve Judd always talked about. It's like, we grew up in a time where you didn't have it, where we could look at a movie and see someone that looked like us. And if they did, they were usually the bad guy. And so in that, in those time periods, I, would, I I always wanted to see, like, you know, not... I, I, we're still not there, even with this show, but where we're not even looking at the Indianism of a character. I mean, if anything, I guess Aquaman would be the, our closest to being where it's just a, a, a native character playing a human being. And that rarely happens. And so, you know, and so for me, that was what I always wanted to do because, you know, cause I grew up like watching action movies and I always wanted to see like the, the hero character be our people, you know, and not going around with a buck knife and scalping people or having the long braids or anything like that, you know but they're just like you know just basically like normal people because you don't see like Bruce Willis going around trying to say he's whatever he is I don't even know what, what, what is, that, that's how that's how much he's not associated with his identity is that we don't even know what his his uh, his background is culturally or anything maybe he's Irish I don't know for me I was thinking along the lines of how the storytelling goes and how it was again, what you kind of alluded to was like this representation of the thing that we've been hungry for for a long time, where we would see, like, I remember seeing Far and Away, and everyone got excited when they go to Oklahoma, because that's when you see the Indians, and it's only briefly for like two minutes, and one of them was crying, I think, because of the, some of that's it. And so, and so, you know, we had, like you said, Billy Jack, which is played by a white guy, but it's still a badass Indian dude He's kicking, ass all around yeah yeah and so you know and you're hungry for those kind of things and and so anytime you see an Indian you're like oh who's that who's the Indian who's the Indian and so this is kind of like our big step of what we have been hungry for and what we've been wanting so like you know it, and and um and for me specifically it's like Oklahoma Indians you know Because, you know, that's who I am. That's my background. And that's the existence I have. I I live in a rural town, grew up there. You know, we, you know, we weren't like the res dogs stealing big trucks, but we did, you know, break the law, uh, steal shit. You know, like I remember my, my friend coming over from uh, Walmart having stolen a bicycle and telling me, yeah, I stole this from, from Walmart. They just had it out in the front. I was oh, shit, cool. So we're all riding around in circles and shit. And so, you know. We have antlers, right? You broken antlers. bow.
2: Broken bow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm from broken bow, man. And so, like, you know, those are the kind of things that we do. And it, it was with my cousins when we'd run around and do crazy, stupid shit. And so this is kind of like, like a big deal just for that alone, I think, you know, we're like, oh shit, we got a lot of like real Indian representation, not some bullshit spiritual storyline, because I like those too. I mean, like, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good stereotype for Indians, but still it's a stereotype. Also, I mean, I, I guess I'm not really going to talk about storyline because the other thing I do want to get on too is like, uh, according to Wikipedia, this is the first film that shot entirely in, Oklahoma our TV show shot entirely in Oklahoma. And that's a big deal to me yeah. and then like what you said about the reservation being changed over during the time that the show was being made a show called reservation dogs that's a big deal because like you know like I, w- I was hoping that they would allude to that in some way maybe in a voiceover of talking about how it became a reservation but we've always been reservation dogs even before then you know that would be kind of cool yeah yeah and uh, but like what really, really, I mean, like stands out, like I'm like, you know, what really makes this show good? Because I, for me, the the pilot show is a good pilot show. It's not a great pilot show. It's not one that's going to be looked back in history as like, oh, man, one of the best pilot shows ever made. But what makes it really good is they did well in choosing actors. Mm. I think every actor in this show was amazing. And so I, like those kids, man, they're super cute. They're lovable. You like them. And in this first episode, I really don't know what Alora po- Bannon's arc's going to be, our storyline. I don't really know what Cheez's is. If we get anybody's, it's the, uh, oh, who was the kid who, who had the vision? Bear. Bear, right? Bear. So this looks like it's a Bear's story. This is going to be a Bear's show. And so he's the only one that we really see a background. But, you know, as I'm understanding, there's going to be, more of these characters getting their own storyline, which is cool. And, and it's fine because this, this was kind of like a slow burn to me, which wasn't bad, but it, was, it felt like a Taika Waititi and a Sterling Harjo show to me, which is what everybody loves. Everybody loves Taika. Everybody loves Sterling. And so then I was thinking about like the way in which we tell our stories, our indigenous stories. What's good about this is that there's, there's a native story kind of thing that's happening. Uh, what do you call it? Like a structure but there's also a deeper, probably like a Creek Seminole that I'm not even like uh, seeing that's coming through. Like you said, like with these symbolisms that's showing. And so you might even have to, uh, you guys might have to add to that because you guys probably know more about that than I would. But like like, uh, one of the things you talked about was the opening. Again, we were talking about how we're trying to, I think we're trying to throw out a lot of the stuff that we always want to tell. And so like the smoke signals uh, call back but one of the funny lines is like, uh, what was it like? Now I want to be your dog. It must be a shapeshifter. Or something. I, I, I like that line. I well, thought that
2: was really good. I <laughs> was like a shapeshifter to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I wish we had those radio programs. I don't think we do here. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: like, that's
2: a awesome
0: radio program. I,
2: know,
0: I want to hear this.
1: Yeah, I want to hear like because this dude sounds like he's probably a powwow mc kind of a dude type. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Cause he's also throwing in those those words that we hear, you know, from powwow, you know, each. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know,
1: you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd love to and, listen to a show like that.
0: <laughs> and so a long time ago, Evelyn and Lucera kind of did this like kind of a storyline structure for native stories. Unfortunately, I don't remember it all. And once I asked her a, a few years later, and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, man, you said, I, was like, I need the copy of that. She was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Who? But Who? Evelina yeah. Lucero from uh, IAI. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she used to be president, right, or something? I don't know. Well, Thanks. anyway, she's a big timer. Yeah. And so but one thing I remember she was saying like a lot of Native stories have death at the beginning of the stories as opposed to Western storytelling where it's like around the big like around the third first third of the of the story or at the last third of the story. But Indian stories kind of have death at the beginning. And so that's kind of what we have with this one with the death of their friend. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like the the drive of what, what makes them want to do what they want to do, which is leave to California. So I like that part of it. And then, you know, uh, again, in Western stories, you know, there's the rule of three, right? Everything's got to be in threes. And in this one, you know, we have four characters, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in, in this kind it's of, sacred. yeah, yeah, four is like the number that's, that a lot of people allude to as, as like the, whatever, the sacred number is, is four, like the four seasons and the four whatever. Four directions. Four directions. Yeah, four directions. And so... That, you know, kind of stood out to me when I was watching that and being like the, the whole magical realism that, that everybody, always, oh, Indians have the magical realism story. But again, it, it, it kind of flips it because like we said, you know, we have, we have the, the comedy spirit Indian as opposed to like the, the like uh, chiefy spirit Indian, you know. Overall, like I said, just because it is Indians telling stories about Indians. Like just for that alone, you get a thumbs up, but it's, uh, these are well-told stories and I'm assuming it's a redemption story and it's about these cats who are going to, to become, you know, something more than just, you know, these, the thieves, because at the end, right, that's, that's the, the inciting incident was that, that meeting with the spirit Indian. And so at the end of this episode, they decide they're not gonna just be thieves and everything, they're gonna be vigilantes. they're gonna stand up for themselves and become heroes, right? And so that's kind of like what the storyline is to me. So just kind of like a secret origin story, if you were, uh, if you were a comic book. And so, what do you guys think about like this whole idea of like we kind of talked about it? How like you know white folks be telling our stories all the time. Now we're starting to tell our stories. How do we feel that it fits within the, the paradigms of what we need? Did it, did, it, did it serve what we want, or did it, or did it miss, or did it do a little bit of both? Or what do you think?
2: Just the fact that. That it was done, that's a win. And I liked it. That way. so that made me happy. <laughs> Since I actually enjoyed the piece of art that was put in front of me. It's it's you know, it's difficult to make anything like film-wise or TV wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm always in awe of but when that occurs. It's even more, I get more awestruck that if it's if it's hits, if it's good, because you know, that's not you know, those two things or not just because you make it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good. So if those two things, that's a, that's also a win. I'm, I'm very um, hesitant to like put too much of like what I want out of something.
0: Right. Cause I know a lot
2: of people and I've seen this app happen. And in fact, someone I'm on Twitter a lot, I guess, cause I'm going back to Twitter again and someone, I guess some class is um, watching and then I, I see a lot of people have these. And they, this person tagged me because they wrote, they read a piece that I did, and they're like, "This is interesting article, but..." And then they go on to say, "But it needs this, 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 and this." Yeah. You know? But I'm not not the piece, but like the show itself. Like they mm-hmm. want the show to have it has to have like a Black Indian representation. It needs to think back to like even something maybe Sterling said before, mm-hmm. not regards to this, but like well. You should make that.
0: Yeah. Because everyone
2: comes to you as a filmmaker and, like, you should make this story about my uncle, or you should make this story about it's always like, and they come up to you like after you've had a screening for whatever, and mm-hmm. they're like, well, you should make that. That's the story you want to tell. But as yeah. an artist, you have preoccupations and interests and things you don't even know you're preoccupied by. And that comes out in work. And you don't really have control over that, really. And you just hope that it makes sense to people. Yeah, I have a really. I'm really hesitant to like to put on a piece of work. What like if it it speaks to me, I'm happy about it. But that's like I I don't want to assign. It needs to have this, 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 this.
0: Yeah, I think that's true because, like, you know, and that was the thing that Sterling said when people would come up to him and say, you know, that's not my experience. Here's my experience. He said, well, you should make a show about your experience or a movie or or whatever you want to do. And I think that's a legit uh, response because we don't always have the experiences. We don't always feel these connections and that's okay because the real thing is, is it a good story? That's at the end of it all, is it a good story? And did it, not, did it, did it entertain you at least for that 30 minutes or so that this show ran? And those are the things that you got to ask because I'm watching like Guardians of the Galaxy and I love that show, I, I love that movie. It's not my experience, I never, but it, it connected to me on an emotional level and it connected to me on a fun movie level. And this is kind of what this does. It's kind of there because there are good, and even as we get on later, you know, there's going to be some good emotional moments that happen that we get to have deeper understandings of these characters. And to me, this is just like, kind of like, all right, we're just going to kind of give you the Indian world and kind of like let you kind of see what we do. And then we're going to start making shit real. It's kind of how I felt this first episode was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are good and valid points because I, Initially, like I wasn't sure if I was gonna like the show, like, and I like Sterling, and I love, you know, I really, I like Sterling, I like Tyka, I've always liked their stuff, but I was wondering where was it going to hit, you know, because it could have been a big miss too, as far as like the native storytelling. Something you said, uh, really something struck a chord. Yeah, I was. Uh, do you guys follow Bookstagram, like native Bookstagram? it's like no. this thing where people review books on Instagram and they show pictures of what they're reading, you know, and then they'll, they'll post like, Hey, we're going to discuss this on Instagram live or whatever, and have a book discussion. Well, I follow a few, uh, native bookstores and native bookstagrammers. And one of the things that one of the, I wish I could remember the, the handle and the hashtags that way I can give him a shout out. I'll, I'll find it later, but One of them was saying that in contrast to western storytelling a lot of native stories like instead of dealing with plot and focusing on plot and things that must go plop plop ploppity plop be all nice and neat and plotty like (laughs) is that native stories will sometimes focus on just characters or a theme and i found that to be true of sterling's storytelling because is sterling self-taught
0: he went to ou did he graduate i don't think he graduated
1: but well, he yeah. was in the
0: Sundance program.
1: He Sundance was in the Sundance
0: program. program. He, uh, who really was it. it? Jim Sheridan was his mentor.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And Jim Sheridan is, is a independent, and he's kind of does kind of not straightforward storytelling either. So that probably yeah. helped him too. He's because been I, trained. Sterling's been trained. Mm-hmm. With, or, yes. And same I with I Tyka. Trained. Tyka went through the program too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I figure, you know, I've, of course, of course, the guys were probably trained and mentored, but I did like uh, I watched Miko uh, not too long ago with my dad because dad says put on a native movie (laughs) and you know, and to him native movie is, um, you know, maybe it's Thunderheart or something like that. But I was like, no, we're going (laughs) to. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I want to watch some of Sterling stuff. And so I put on Miko and Miko you know isn't so well I won't spend too much time on it since that's not the topic of conversation but what struck what strikes about Miko is that it does seem to be more about character than it is about plot and that seems to you know Sterling seems to have carried that forward in this first episode when we're we're just being introduced to these characters and um yeah it's it really it really feels like the beginning of something promising is what I'll say like when you talk about is it is it good for us is it maybe not so good for us for our communities I will say like I th- I thought it was the start of something promising because initially I came in with reluctance to oh uh, I, I well I was a little I don't know why but I think it was because it was the idea that these kids are criminals that they're thieves and that's my, the other
2: criticism I heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Th- I've heard that criticism and I and I I understand. My both my parents were public school teachers. My mom taught and marietta at stillwell around the time that the bloods and the Crips were very popular and my mother would come home crying because she was worried that her children that she was teaching were going to become baby gangsters and die before they turned 18 you know And she was teaching what sixth graders maybe fifth, you know this was a legitimate concern that she had this is my mom who's a native teacher a native american woman teacher going into um stillwell oklahoma which you know is um uh, Has a it's one of our most underserved communities, uh, probably in within the Cherokee Nation jurisdiction. Even though I have fond memories of growing up there, uh, I didn't realize that there was all that trouble because I was just a kid. But I understood uh, some. I think that's where a lot of that hesitancy came from. Is that you know this? I I was worried that what if we were going to struggle again with that stereotype that. Native kids are thieves and that we're troublemakers, you know, or that we're, we're <laughs> gangsters or baby gangsters or whatever. And we're just just trying to make trouble for everybody and we don't do any good or care or give a crap about our communities, you know. But I I did trust Sterling and Taika to not do that, you know, because I, I had seen their work before and I thought, OK, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to give it a go. And even if the kids are criminals, I'm going to trust that there's going to be something there's going to be something worthwhile there and I wasn't disappointed because I loved the kids I loved them I was like oh are these kids are these kids are so cool yeah they still stuff but they they feel bad about it later
0: <laughs> yeah and that's a good thing you said about like again the the tr- the native storytelling concept is like you know uh, Jason and I kind of went through the Disney program where it was you know more of this Disney style of 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 writing that they kind of push of this structure you got to follow this the, the, the film structure of the first second third act but when I teach like classes I say like I'm the kind of person who wants to who likes a theme I always want to when I start writing I want the theme first I got to know what the theme is and then like also like when I am writing towards like a non for you know a non native as an editor there's always this push of like. Where I'm trying to write a story where it's just an Indian in a normal situation, not in an Indian situation. And the question is always that, but how does this relate to your to your tribe? How does this connect to your people? <laughs> and it's like, uh, How does uh, getting uh, gas
1: at a gas station? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think what's funny about the ABC
2: program is like they would kind of they would kind of like they were there to like help get that unique perspective. But at the same time, when I was they were like, well, don't be too specific. Don't be too native because no one's going to get it. We got to sell commercials. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's got to speak to everybody. And I'm just like, that That confused me.
0: And it's that was always my issue when people wouldn't, it had, we Indians always had a hard time selling a movie, selling a TV show for that specific reason because the non-natives were always scared. They were like, because it was not something that fit within the paradigm of their storytelling. So it's always these people like Sterling, who, who had to do an independent movie for, I think he did it for like 40,000 his first movie. And like Black Horse, he had to do his movie real Love, you know? And so there's like uh, all these cats who have to like just D-Y-I it and because they want to tell their specific story that relates to them. But I always say like, you know, we, as movie audiences, train ourselves to learn these storytellings. So when we watch Wong Kar Wai or something, you know, it has some cultural specifications and it's very artsy-fartsy, but, you know, you can understand what's going on. And and that's what I always felt like. Because story doesn't change. Story is always a story, no matter how you change it. Or, you know, like the French New Wave Cats, you know, they wanted to change around the story, a way in which movies were told. And one of the quotes was like, you know, a movie is always a beginning, middle and end, but not always in that order. And that's what I'm hoping that, you know, these, these, these new wave of indigenous filmmakers, which isn't really that new because a lot of us have been around a while, but just because, you know, this show has really gotten a lot of like love and feedback that this is the one that everyone's focusing on. And that, that was one of my jokes too. I was like, they were like, the first like indigenous tv show and i said i guess people in canada and in new zealand and <laughs> australia <laughs> are like say what <laughs> yeah
2: yeah united in the united states we'll yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not even actually the first cuz uh, river falls would kind of be maybe i don't know they could have yeah
0: cuz that's sierra too. and she's she's the yeah. name yeah and so yeah and so and so like I, again i think it's just like there's Stuck in their mindset of what that what what should be considered story native sto- or considered movies or TV shows, whereas we can expand beyond that. And and what's also I think the other perfect whatever it is the perfect storm kind of thing that happened is that we now have streaming services, so there's now more of an open place to to put our stuff. And and I, you know at first I was pissed off because FX was not on you know your regular FX channel. Or, you know it was FX on Hulu because I kept looking for it on TV. I was like, Where the motherfucker at? You saying that. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. I was like, I was like, Why are like, like, they gonna put the Indian on regular TV, man? That's some bullshit. <laughs> but the reality is, the majority of the world now watches streaming, nobody really watches TV but old people like me. <laughs> it's a game changer, man.
2: And yeah, it kind of going back to what you're talking about, like if you, uh, like Cat Sled Black Horse in Sterling. The, uh, you know these the uh friends of ours they, we've known them and this is actually the first time they're really making money mm-hmm. they've been at it we've all been at it you know for a long yeah. time and they they've been at it for a long time and this is the first time like i think sterling had that uh mark maron interview where he was just like saying yeah he was doing all these he's been doing movies and all this you know these these different projects but he hasn't made any money at it like yeah. this is the first time he's actually making money. this is and not Overnight sensation. It is. It is not.
0: Right. Right. I mean, that cat has been. You know, since what? Two thousand six, maybe two thousand five, when he did four sheets.
2: Yeah, and then he was showing those short films at uh, OU when I right before I left. Yeah, that was like two yeah. uh, moved here. I should say to New Mexico. That was like two thousand four.
0: Yeah, and I remember when he he was out of that Sundance program. He's uh, in in Austin selling shoes, and we're like, oh man, yeah, I didn't yeah. Know that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it's cool because, you know, we're like, you know, they say Indians are one degree of separation. So everybody knows somebody who's been on that set, directed, played a character or a role. And that's something big too, you know, because it's like, these are like, not just Indians making it, but Indians, you know, you know, Indians that you are friends with Mm -hmm. and and that's some cool shit, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I love it
2: do yeah. we have like a beginning last thoughts you know as we move on to as we move from this episode and up to i think it's the end in hospital episode
1: yes
2: episode two
1: which i <laughs> it's
2: really one of my one of my i like this next episode but
1: oh. any final
2: uh, thoughts about this one
1: i just like the first episode of, of res dogs it, it felt like it was going to have a promising start and i wanted more uh, at the end i'm i'm hoping the same for the podcast like i want to discuss more uh because there's so much that we didn't even cover and we're doing we're already out we
0: said we're gonna do 30 minutes
1: and i want to talk about i want to talk about the single mom and i want to talk about uh, you know i want to talk about this and that and the other but this is more like this is going to be like the sweat lodge version, <laughs> <laughs> extended edition of podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, I mean, uh, overall, like what you would expect from these two movie makers, well done, well created. It felt like a, like a independent show, independent film, but it also felt very Indian you know you you knew you know all the jokes you knew what was going to, what was happening you knew these people you understood these people you saw these places if you were a rural indian like i am you 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 know these guys and you've been there and you know how it is and so these were the kind of things that were like the things that I, like i really loved about it and like i'm just you know hoping that you know this could last for finally last forever cuz you know like whenever something big indian happens it lasts for like a couple of years and then all of a sudden, yeah. oh, we're sick of Indians. We need to find something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping this is how we finally stick, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely like a. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's season two. There's, we know that there's season two. They're riding yeah. that right now. I know that uh, Black Horse, he's uh, uh, up in Santa Fe. He's been telling me about the riding room. Yeah, I also, I, also, I also hope it's not a trend that. Yeah, as we've seen over and over, it's like Indians used to trend every, I think it was like 20 years, I want to say, 20. when I was at, at OU. They're like, oh, yeah, every 20. The professor, Gary Hopson, is like, yeah, Native American or Indians trend every, he might have said 10, but I want to say 20. I was like, man, that's a big chunk of time for, that's like, like... for that to circle around. So hopefully yeah, it's not yeah. like that and again. Hopefully
0: we can keep the trajectory moving. Excellent first episode. Good job, yeah. Chase Snap. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We had a good time. Talked a lot. Talked about some res dogs. Fucking res dogs. Uh, On my left is... Hey, Jason.
2: I'll see you guys next time.
0: On my right...
1: Candace. And I'm Tully. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Same Indigenous time. Same Indigenous channel. Remember, don't just keep it real. Keep it real Indigenous.